What's going on, beautiful people, travel, family, and adventurers near and far? Welcome to Point Noir, home of the Point Noir podcast, where we not only inspire, but equip men of color to go out and see the world for themselves. I'm your host, Jerry III, aka Kimono Jack, and you are now tuned in for the 53rd session of the Point Noir podcast. Listen, before we get into introducing today's amazing guest, I promise you, I promise y'all are going to love this young man. I wanted to share some updates and news for what's going on with us here at the Point Noir podcast. So three separate sections. One, passports. Second, podcasting. Number three is Paris. So let's get into it. First, big up to Marquise Miller for winning as our passport giveaway winner for the month of June. He won. He had a great entry, great photo. Shout out to you, my guy. Got a chance to connect with him over the phone yesterday, and he's just so excited, so eager to go out and see the world. He might even come with us to Paris in October, which I'll talk about later. Um, but I also have to give a huge congratulations and an abundance of thanks to CJ Livingston for sponsoring that passport and our previous three passports as part of his mission to make sure people have more access to see the world. He is currently, I think, 30 days out of 100 down for his 100 days of traveling throughout the world, touching six continents. And he's making it look fun and easy. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at where is CJ living. And lately, as I've been meeting more people, occasionally people have been asking me how they can also sponsor passports like CJ. They either heard about it through the show or they just want to support. So here's the bootstrap dead simple way to do it. Send me an email to kimonojack at pointnoirshow.com and make sure the subject line says sponsorship. That way I know what we're going to talk about, what you're interested in. And the process is super simple. I've been doing this for 12 months. We already have it completely ironed out. If you were to ask CJ, it is dead simple. So if you or your organization are interested in being shouted out on the platform and also sponsoring a man of color to go out and have an opportunity to see the world, yes, let's talk. Thing number two, podcasting. So believe it or not, I'm talking to you right now from my cell phone. When I started this podcast over a year ago, I was a mobile podcaster, essentially. I did everything from my phone, not only record, but find my guests, do my call-ins, do my marketing, do all my creatives, everything from my cell phone. And this month, I'm opening up a virtual course to show you how to do the exact same thing. A year later, right now, we're sitting at over 1,200 listeners for the past three months. So that's consistency, five-star reviews, quality product. And we've also sponsored 12 men of color to go out and get their passports for free. That's a big deal. So since podcasting is such an interest to so many people, I want to make sure they know that this is an option. You don't have to have a studio. You don't have to have a producer. You don't have to have an engineer or a marketing team. You can do it all yourself. I've taken the lumps for the past 12 months and I'm still learning and growing, but I wanted to give an opportunity for others who might be interested in building their business, building their passion project, or just building any sort of platform using podcasting that they could do it from their phones and bootstrap and make it work using the processes I've developed to get us to the point of success where you're listening to this right now. Like, isn't that a cool thing? So the thing is, this is going to be a beta test. It's going to be a small group only, only five people for this first round of this class. So if you're interested, make sure you shoot me an email again, kimonojack at pointnoirshow.com and make sure the subject line is podcasting. That way I know you're interested. And when the course goes live, I can send you your invitation or let you know that you've been put on the wait list for the possible next course that happens. I don't know how often I'm going to do this or if I'll ever do it again. So if you feel like you're one of those five and this is totally up your alley and you're ready to go and get things done, shoot me an email and let's connect. 
last thing, Paris. October 10th through the 15th, I am leading and guiding a tour through the City of Light to see all the awesome melanated parts of the city. It's going to be a little bit of black history. It's going to be some modern black culture. The bites, the sights, it's going to be lit. All those details are at journeytoparis.com. And I haven't mentioned this in a while because the tour has been filling up so quickly. And now we've confirmed we only have two spots left. So if you knew about this or if this is your first time hearing about it and it interests you and you want to jump on it, make sure you go to journeytoparis.com to get more of the details. We're going to have a photographer. We're going to have morning yoga sessions. We're going to have a champagne reception. We're going to have all your lodging covered. All you need to do is get a flight out there, look good, feel good, get ready to be around some awesome vibes. So journeytoparis.com is where you can sign up for that. And make sure that you mention you heard about this on the Point Noir podcast and you get $50 off your total trip cost for the experience whoo that was a lot however it's important to keep everybody updated not everybody follows us on instagram not everybody is out here listening to the show every week so i just want to make sure that there was no reason that all you awesome listeners didn't know all the current goings ons and updates here at the point noir podcast so with that all being said i'm going to take a long sip of water and we need to introduce our very special guest for this week let's get to it Joining us today as our special guest at The Point is content curator and adventurer Jeff Jenkins. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Chubby Diaries with two underscores and check out his dope blog that's all about promoting plus size travel, chubbydiaries.com. So if you couldn't tell by his consistent branding already, Jeff has completely created a platform from scratch that's all about promoting plus size travel. And it's been so welcome. It's been so invited into this travel space, this travel movement that we're experiencing right now. And I'll say it is definitely necessary. I had a great time kicking it with him. We laughed throughout the entire show. And we start by talking about his origins by being a kid just growing up literally inside of the Disney World theme park. Like what a unique, cool experience. That's where he first got exposed to different languages and people from different countries and different places and got curious about the world. We follow his adventure journey as he grows, learn about why he created the platform. And ultimately, we talk about living life, including travel in it and not letting your current state get in the way of that. A lot of great talk about body positivity, feeling good about yourself, stuff that anybody that, I mean, even myself, I took away a lot of notes because I love the value that he had to share. So I know you will too. So if that sounds like your cup of tea today, and I hope it is, you know the three-step dance that we do here. Number one, grab that refreshing beverage of choice. Number two, find the coziest corner on the comfiest couch in your house. And step three, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's session. I'll see you on the flip side. Yo, what's going on, Jeff? Thanks for joining us today at The Point. How you feeling today, bro? Brother, I am great. Full of ambition and possibilities. Wow, that, that's powerful right there. We can just, that's the benediction. All right, and y'all, it's been, <laughs> it's been a great show. It's been a great show. You got everything you needed out of this thing. Uh, Jeff Jenkins, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. I love it, man. I love that energy, man. That's, that's like good you. weekend energy. Yeah. Well, it's not my weekend, but I'm going into it. Oh, it's never a weekend for an entrepreneur, right? Oh, never. Like, oh, man. And, and I actually don't even care no more. Right. Well, I know you got a couple projects off the ground right now, things that are really moving in a positive direction for you. We'll definitely catch up on those on the end. But we okay. definitely want to hear about you getting into this world of travel because you you making a splash, bro. No pun intended. 
Oh man, I love it. I love it. And I'm laughing at the <laughs> I'm thinking about the article, the uh <laughs> making a splash. You took me on that one. Born and raised in Florida, Orlando, Florida, Mickey Mouse Country. I've always had that opportunity to meet new people from all over because my dad worked at Disney World ever since I was a kid or since I was five years old. So I've never paid to go into Disney. Disney always felt like a different world. Like it's Disney World. And Mm -hmm. you're talking about people coming from all over the world. I actually feel like that was an impactful thing because my dad will just let me and my brother or siblings just go hang out and just be there as kids uh, by ourselves. Y'all don't know if people can do that now. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> right. man, doing that. And I, I became a high school choir teacher. Um, I did that for almost, almost nine years. And then it was okay. like, I don't think I really want to be a teacher. I actually never wanted to be a public school teacher, but when I got out of school, that was what was there. And so I actually became a high school teacher, loved it. Um, I didn't love the administrative side. Like I love just being with my kids, but the other portion of it was never fun. They had me doing and being in meetings that I was like, what does this have to do with singing? But yeah, I was like, I got to get out of this. And I did. And I thought I was going to go into doing like ministry work. And that didn't work out. And I was like, what am I going to do? I went to Rwanda, was over there in Rwanda. And I was like, man, these people need water. So then we started this project to build water wells in Rwanda. And that just, that sparked something else in me of like, like you and your friends just did something. You birthed something that wasn't there before. I'm not an engineer, so, but we learned how to build water wells. And that just gave me the energy that I needed to figure out what I wanted to do. And as I was figuring it out, I I remember my friend, one of my good friends was actually a travel, a travel influencer, Rachel uh, Hill from Rachel Travels. Mm -hmm. She talked to me like the week or so before she quit her job and was like, Hey, I'm quitting and I'm going to do full-time travel blogging. And I said, what? (laughs) I was like, what is that? And I was like, dude, you're going to do that. And like, we talked about travel so much. So it was really cool to to see that that's what she was going to do. And so I was like, what is it that you want to do, Jeff? And I asked myself that question and I was like, this sounds insane. I was like, I want to go travel the world. And I literally just started. But then again, I didn't know what my niche was going to be. My my lovely cousin, uh, Savina, gave me, she's a PR rep, and she gave me a form that she gives all her clients and things like that about like discovering what their niche is. And it was like three questions, three or four questions. It wasn't that much. And it was like super simple questions. I finished and I was like, I don't think I got nothing out of this. And she was like, no, you did. Look at this. It wasn't until she pointed it out that I realized I was the only plus size person on almost all these trips I've been to. And at that time it was at, I was at like 28 countries I'd been to or 27. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, you know what? I'm like the only plus size person I ever see on these trips. with me. And I was like, I know a lot of people that are plus size in America. And I was like, why are they not traveling as much as me? That's where my niche came from. And that's when I dove into it. And that's where we're, this is how we got to where I am today. Wow. From Disney World to water wells in Rwanda. I'm going to have you slow that whole story back around because we skipped. We actually just went through your entire life up to the present, which I appreciate. Let's back it on up just for me and everybody listening along. So you grew up basically in Disney World. Yep. 
Okay. Did you have mm-hmm. any experiences traveling there? And I mean, Orlando's pretty international. Disney is pretty international. Where was your first, when was your first international trip? Did you travel as a kid oh. as well? Oh, I didn't even talk about traveling, huh? No, well, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's I okay. didn't. We, we got time, bro. We got time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I didn't actually take my first airplane ride until I was 20. And, um, okay. My first airplane experience was going to Japan. So, Oh, wow. You was in it for real. Yeah. That's, what, no, that's literally what everybody said. Like, even on the plane, it was like, oh, where are you going? And I was like, I was like, well, I'm a little nervous. Uh, this is my first plane ride. And it was like, well, you picked a good time to uh, go. <laughs> You're just going straight to Japan, huh? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm into this one. So. Yeah. That's like your first foot race <laughs> being a marathon. Yes. Yes. 11. It was 11 and a half hours. We caught the tail or the jet wing or whatever that stuff is called. What, Airstream. Is it an Airstream? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their jet stream, something like that. And it got us there quicker, but it was 13 coming back. So I was always fast. I was, I was hooked at that point. I was like, how can an airplane stay in the air this long? And oh my gosh, I was just in Atlanta, Georgia, 11 hours ago. Now I'm in across this, the world. So I thought that was right. just amazing. Right, right. So I'm curious about the the Disney experience and we'll, we'll get up to Japan because I'm curious why, how you ended up in Japan. But Disney, did that do anything for you to kind of give you a taste of different countries, different mm-hmm. peoples? What was that experience like in terms of influencing you to want to travel maybe? You know what, bro? I'm so glad you asked this question because I, I don't think I ever even expressed this to somebody. Uh, so I really appreciate this question. I've never said this out loud to anybody other than my like wife and brother where we like just reminisced on it. But me and my brother would be at Disney World and we felt so left out that people were speaking other languages that we would act like mm. we were speaking another language. Like while we were like we while we were in line and stuff like that. Because wow. we, you just there were so many like different international people there and you'll just hear them speaking Spanish or Portuguese or or Mandarin and you were just like, man, look at these people over here speaking these all these languages while we're in line. And like we just me and my brother just connected and was like, let's do it. Like I don't even think we even talked to each other and was like, yeah, we're doing this. And we were at like we were from another country and was speaking a different language. But Disney World, they have like Epcot. Uh, they have the World Showcase where mm-hmm. you can go to Mexico and, and uh, Canada and Denmark, like Japan, there yeah. was Italy. But just being able to see all that stuff, that fantasy part of it as well, like me mm-hmm. finding out that like this, the inspiration for a lot of stuff from Disney, even from the castle, came from Cologne, Munich. Like the Disney yeah. World Castle is from Cologne, the inspiration from it. So. It, it was in me because I was just so engulfed with Disney World. And I promise you, we were there maybe three or four times a year. And then when we got older, man, I was there almost every other month or, or every month. At one point, I used to take girls on dates to Disney World because it was like the cheapest thing to do because I could just I got in free. You know, I only had to pay you seven dollars right. at the time <laughs> for parking. So smart, smart, dropping gems, all kinds oh, of yeah. gems in this hey, show. Hey, 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 if you got a parent in Disney, go ahead and do it now. Take advantage. Right. Just because <laughs> it's hella affordable doesn't mean it's not quality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and, and that's, uh, I don't know, we just laughed about this the other day with somebody and I was like, man, girls didn't care. It was like, first of right. all, some of them never even been to Disney World. So they was like, it just seemed like, oh, you got the hookup. So they didn't even look at it as it was free. They was just like, man, I'm going to Disney World and I don't have to pay for it, nor my parents. So 
that was always fun. That's clutch, man. And I love that you mentioned Epcot because I went to Disney twice, once when I was very young, maybe five or six on a family trip. Uh And I distinctly remember Epcot and Japan and, you know, bringing back like uh, a small like katana or something like that. And Uh I didn't even think of how subtle that influence was. But seeing all those different countries, even the It's a Small World exhibit, Mm, um, that rise, like that was a subtle influence I had in my childhood and I've never forgotten Epcot, how you could just see all these different places and flavors and smells and styles in one giant globe. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even think I thought about that. And that it's a small world definitely was an impact. And I, I don't think I ever gave it credit, but there was times where, <laughs> where I was, uh, when I was in Japan when I first got there, I, w- I kept singing the song. Like it's a small, I could not stop <laughs> no singing way. that. Like I could not stop singing that song because I was like, man, this is a small world after all. Like, this is crazy. That's wild, man. That's that's a really funny uh, thing to have in common. I'm sure there are others who might, you know, reminisce back on Disney and just realize how wildly international it is between the, you know, the tourists there, like you mentioned. I mean, the fact that you and your brother had your own made up language, like y'all out here are sovereign citizens for real, for real. (laughs) Jenkins Nation. All day. will not go down without a fight. Come on. I love it, man. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. Thanks for diving into that and reminiscing a bit. Um, That brought something for me and I'm sure other people are going to, you know, think back or have something to look forward to when they go. Now, speed me up to Japan. Why did you choose to go to Japan? Were you in college at the time? What was going through your mind? Well, yeah, man, I I was actually in college. It was the end of my freshman year uh, and it was the summer. The day I met one of my really good friends, uh, she was going, the day I met her, it was the day before she went to Japan. And I was like, wait, you're going to Japan? Japan, Japan? And she was like, yeah. And at that time, this is like 15 years ago, there wasn't that many black people or like black young kids, like by themselves, not even going with family members that was going like across seas like she was. And yeah. so I, I made it my mission and I was like, man, I got to go there. She was actually a part of a program that was like contracted through the government called Camp Adventure. And what we did was we were contracted through the government. We used to run summer camps and like uh, we were like camp counselors and directors on military bases. So that's how I actually got mm-hmm. over there. That program itself was one of the single most impactful things in my life to help me be a traveler because it taught me how to get out of my own comfort zone. Even when you're in a different country, uh, a lot of times we try to tend to just do what we want to do or like what we're just accustomed to and not want to try right. anything. But they literally was like, nope, mm-mm, I want you to get out your comfort zones. Here you go, buddies. Here's Japan. And like the first like day we got there, the next day we did a scavenger hunt and we had to actually learn how to navigate Japan. Uh, we were in uh, Yokosuka and we had to like navigate that whole city. Um, so they did a citywide Japanese scavenger hunt. So that was just amazing. That's, so that's how I got to Japan. Wow. Still, man, I feel like there's there's more there. Why yeah. did you feel so encouraged or why did you put that kind of pressure on yourself to make it happen the next year? What did you see in the experience she was about to have going to Japan that you wanted to have for yourself? Man, I'm, I'm loving these questions. I don't know why I'm so emotional now. Like, like bro, like it, it was... It, it just unlocked something for me. Like it unlocked a dream or something I just never thought I like would have the opportunity of doing. Yeah. And I, and I, I remember, <laughs> I remember walking down the street. I was like going to a class or something. 
fall had kicked back in, like school had started up again. And I was mm-hmm. over there telling myself, like, man, how do I get back into that program? I was like, who's that girl again? Like, I got to find her just to make sure I'd be able to do it. And it was just like, I kept asking myself this question, like, man, how crazy would it be for you to go to Japan, Japan, yeah, Japan, anime Japan. Like we're, we're talking sumo wrestlers and samurais Japan. Like that's Dragon like, Ball Z, Dragon Ball the whole nine. Z. Yeah. So I'm over here like, man, like nobody in my family's been to Japan. I was like, yeah. this would be crazy. Nobody's in, I'm not in the military, so I'm not going over there or like for the military. So I just, I was, I was floored by the, the possibility of being able to go to a foreign country and to do something that my other or that my family or friends have done. And I, I just really wanted to experience it. I did. Like I, as a kid, I wanted to travel. I knew what Japan was. Was I ever going to go? I actually never thought that would be reality, but they made it a reality. And there was somebody literally right next to you who's about to go the next day. I think you said it perfectly when you said it felt like she unlocked a dream. Mm-hmm. Cause I think I felt that feeling myself and you know, the energy, the enthusiasm that you carry yourself with and the platforms that you've developed, which we're going to talk about, I think that provides the same potential for others as well. Most definitely. I really appreciate it for that. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jasmine. I don't know her name, but Jasmine. Jasmine. Yeah. Yeah. Jasmine. That's my buddy. The whole uh, Terrence and and Jasmine. That's her husband. That's what's up. And and I met him at Camp Adventure as well. I met him through the same program and they actually became, (laughs) they became an item because of that program. Uh, and that, and they, they got married. So, man, shout outs to them for real. Classic camp counselors. I get it. it. I get it. Love it. <laughs> Is that still a program that exists right now? I believe so. Okay. It's called Camp Adventure? Camp Adventure. Yes. And it's it was it's literally one of the cheapest ways to get to somewhere across seas and like stay there for a while. That's what's up. Because you get your nights and your weekends off so you can go travel and explore uh, they try to do stuff with you so that you can be a part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And so it's well worth it. And it's cheap living on the base. So buying food and stuff is like dirt cheap compared to in the country sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so after that experience, you came back to the States. And I'm guessing you kept traveling. Like, what, what was your next trip after that? It was Germany. Same program. I was like, man, I got to do this again. And I was like, I heard that they do a fall trip and I, or at the end of or winter trip. And I was like, man, I got to do that. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. And I had to leave like at the beginning of December. And I was like, finals week. Mm -hmm. But I went to every one of my professors and told them, they're like, hey, I have an opportunity to go to Germany. Do you know every single one of them were just, yes, please go take me with you. Wow. They were so floored by that and so excited that I actually was going to be able to go to Germany. Like it, it really did. It, it was, it was impactful to them. It made them feel proud and was like, man, whatever we got to do for you to make sure that you get over there, we'll make it happen. And so I remember taking one of my finals in an airport. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I'm not surprised by that at all. Between your demeanor, we've been able to talk a couple of times. You mm-hmm. have such an outgoing and friendly personality, but when people hear that you know, someone near them is going to go out and see the world, do things that maybe they never got the opportunity to do. You find you have a lot more support yeah. in certain circles than you'd imagine. Yeah, it, it, def- and it definitely happened that way. And you talk about like family members, they would tell people, I mean, and, and, and a lot of people said the same thing is that it's such a foreign thing. Even for us, black people weren't traveling like that. So even when people was like, wait, so what is Jeff doing? He's weird. How is he doing this? 
And like my right. mom or family members would make him like, yeah, man, he's running a, a whole military base. Like they would like blow it out. <laughs> right. He got a captain hat. Yeah. Missile launchers. Yeah. Because it's like it's the concept of just being like somebody paying you to go somewhere. Like I remember right. that Japan ticket. They showed me the price of that ticket. That was twenty three hundred dollars. I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. I've the never paid me. Yes. I was like, <laughs> man, y'all paying that for me. It was just in that same that, that mind frame when people would start telling me stories. I remember hearing one woman tell me she lives right across the street from my father. My, my dad was telling everybody, yeah, yep, yeah, he's getting ready for Japan. He's about to go to Japan. Right. The lady told me she's never left the Orlando proper, like the city of Orlando. Never stepped foot out of mm-hmm. Orlando. Blew my mind. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that put the fear of God in me or what, but I was like, yeah, that won't <laughs> ever be me. <laughs> I will make sure right. of that just from that moment. It really showed that, like, I don't know what it showed. It, it, it actually scared me more than anything. I was like, no, I yeah. definitely want to go see the world now. Because I was like, she was missing out on stuff. And so it made me be like, man, I might be missing out on stuff. And I have. I really have. Mm-hmm. Going to other people's countries. Did you discover um, new things about yourself or new things that you were so glad you traveled for as you started taking these trips out? Yeah, man. I actually think the one thing it taught me was to plan ahead. That was the main mm-hmm. thing that happened. Because it wasn't until I got over to Germany, and mind you, I actually went to, with that program, I went out this summer and then another winter. Uh, so I, I ended up going like five times. I did a, a trip five times with them in a, in a two, two and a half, three year span. And I stayed in school like an extra year because of it, because I was gone. But the one thing I was, that I, I really learned, and I actually feel like it helped me, and it's, it helped me be the person I am today, was the, the plan mm-hmm. ahead. So one of my friends, I actually remember her, Katie. I was like, man, like, so we get over to Germany. Like these jokers had their whole trip planned out for the next two, three months that we were there. And I said, excuse me. Wow. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so they was like, oh, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. And I was like, man, I, I, don't, I don't know what actually what I want to do. I don't even know what there is. And so they went to Berlin one day and... I was like, no, nah, I'll just stay back. And, and, and honestly, I'm telling you, it was more cultural why I stayed back. Like, like, bro, y'all for to make me go out into a country I don't know and like just go hang out with all these little white kids. Like, I don't, I don't know y'all either. Um, right. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's in Berlin. I was like, I remember when Berlin, the walls came down. Like, so I was like, what's going on? Like, why Berlin? But they went and they came back and they showed me their pictures. And I was like, wait, that's what y'all went and saw? Like, that's what? Like, they show, like, the cathedral. I forgot the name of that cathedral in Berlin. And I was over there like, man, dude, I really missed out. And yeah. it just taught me. I was like, well, shoot, I got to go on the next one now. And I did. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, this is great. I actually had to go on their lead because I didn't know anything. Like, I didn't know what to go see, what to do. They were buying the Rick Steves books back in the day because you, you couldn't really find nothing online. But you could buy stuff online. Uh, and then, like, Google right. was still around then, too. So it was, like, small stuff that you can Google. And so when I learned that I could plan a trip ahead of time and not look like boo-boo the fool when I get there and, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you spend all your time trying to figure out what you're doing when I could have done that before I got there. I felt like that was one of yeah. the biggest life lessons, uh, especially when it came down to traveling. It helped me out so much. Well, absolutely. And with what 
the sort of projects that you're embarking on now where you're in the process of planning trips for others, you know, groups of people, that's definitely mm-hmm. a, an asset. Most definitely. Um, before we get too far into the future, because I really want to talk about the platform, the niche you're in and uh, add value that way to everybody okay. listening. But you got to tell me about this Rwanda thing. How okay. were you out here engineering wells? Why? What brought you there? Let's let's do that one right quick. So I went on a mission trip with my church. And okay. the crazy thing is, like, you got to, like, most mission trips, you got to raise your own money. Dude, mm-hmm. I didn't have that money until the day of. Like, I don't know where I got $3,200 from, but it happened. I was like, man, I, I guess I'm supposed to go on this trip then. Like, for real. Like, I'm going to Africa. Like, I always, that was always a dream of mine to get to the continent, at least to the continent. Somehow, uh, I didn't care which country it was. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, I'm going to Africa. And so we went to Rwanda, which is uh, central, east, east central almost. And we went to go build gardens, keyhole gardens. The shape mm-hmm. of the garden is almost in the shape of a keyhole. While we were there, one, one, it was such an amazing experience being able to see nothing but black people around. That blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, man, either everybody's black. Like, it's insane. So it was like they stared at the white people when the white people that were on our group, I mean, they were called Mazungus the whole time because they, that means white people. So they were over there calling them out, Mazungu, Mazungu. The kids would just <laughs> right. see the car and just go, Mazungu. So it was, that was such an amazing experience. But we were out there building the wells or out there building the gardens. And some, a lot of the gardens that they had previously built the years before was starting to dry out. And then that's when you started realizing, like asking the question, why are these drying out? Where are they getting their water from? Also to build the gardens, like uh, we had to, we use brick. And so we use water and mud to actually lay the brick. And we had to like wait on the water. And I was like, man, where are they getting this water from? I was like, bro, it's taking forever. <laughs> right. And like, or somebody had to go take a car just to get the water because they can't just walk or have a water hose out there. And so like, we find out where they were getting the water from. He was like, man, I was like, this is disgusting. Honestly, I was like, I just went to Italy like a few months before. And I'm like, dude, Italy had irrigation systems 2000 years ago. I was like, what is going yeah. on? Like, why is my people not having these water? So uh, with that being said, me and my friend, a couple of my friends, we was like, bro, these people need water. And so we got back and ended up meeting my friend's friend, one of my partners, uh, his friend, I reached out to him and was like, yeah, man, I'm so glad I just saw what you were doing. And they were just chatting it up. For some reason, they got on wells. And he said, oh, man, I know this guy that actually teaches people how to make wells. And he's like, what? So we ended up meeting this guy who teaches people how to make wells and do what we were actually wow. trying to do. And they're like simple percussion style wells, meaning that you're just hammering down into the ground mm-hmm. instead of using drills. Uh, the average drill well starts at $4,000. And this is like a small, tiny well. And the water needs to be all the way already up to the surface for it to even happen. But they go, they, they range from like 4000 to 15000 And those are the cheap wells. And those wells break really easily. And the reason that they break is because a lot of times, like, they're being drilled by heavy machinery, and they actually have, like, an engineer or somebody come in, a technician, that actually has to assist in building that well. But a lot of times, those wells break. So even in that city that we were in, in, in Kajeo, there was multiple out of the six wells, only three of them worked. The wells that we do only cost $150 to make, 
And if they break, they're easy to fix. That's what we started. And that's how we got into doing the wells. Wow. Okay. That's a super interesting story. And what a difference in cost. Are you still doing that project? Yes. Um, we won't be going anywhere again until probably 2020. But yeah, uh, and I'm actually trying to open it up to the uh, the public. And if they want to go, if people want to go and learn how to make wells and, and, and do a good cause, like I would totally recommend people go. Dope, man. Thanks for sharing that insight and perspective. And how there's so much there, man. We're we're gonna have to try to hit it all <laughs> because ahead. for the sake of of editing and your time, um, I try to keep the shows within a range. And this is this is all gonna be in the show, by the way, so people okay. know. But <laughs> what you're doing with your platforms, I want to jump into that. Okay, and we'll see where we go from there because what I think you're doing is really it's different. I think it's necessary, and I want you to speak to it. So, can you talk about the platform that you've been putting? your time and effort and blood and sweat into what's your platform? What does it do? Who's it for? Let's, let's go from there. Well, yeah, my platform is chubby diaries. I wanted to find something that was catchy and I, I, I don't know. It just came to me one day that I was like, man, you know what? I want to be called chubby diaries. But what we do is we encourage and motivate plus size people to travel the world. And, uh, it don't, it doesn't matter if you're chubby, fat, plus size, curvy, uh, whatever label that it is. Like you, you, you travel, Jerry, like Mm -hmm. it's amazing. And so I want everybody to experience that if they can. And I don't want their weight to be a limitation to them being able to get out there and do stuff. And what I've learned uh, even through this is I learned that like there's so many plus size people that aren't living life. And I struggled with weight my whole life to where like, and I mean, like literally genuinely struggled with it. Like it's like I've gained a hundred or lost 120 pounds and then gained it all back in some more. And, and that, that plays with wow. your psyche. But one thing it did not stop me from doing was like living life. And, uh, it's just a vicious cycle. Like our, there's a billion dollar industry that tries to tell me that like they, they shove, like lose weight, like lose weight. And you also find out that even with this lose weight stuff, they're, they're, they're in it for the money. So the one thing with my platform is that, we're not trying, we're not, a pro, we're not promoting obesity, but what we're doing is promoting people to live life. Because if, even if you're trying to get to a certain weight or your dream goal or your dream weight, like that could take years. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't right. live life now. You know, there is no representation or there is not a lot of representation on Instagram. Like I think about my friend who's a Instagram influencer, a lover to death, and she's curvy as well. But just like, Black people had to become like we had to bring the representation. I really want that to be the same for plus size people, uh, because some of my favorite Instagram profiles never showcased a plus size person, you know, and mm. it's, it's beautiful now that I'm starting to see people and, and I'm getting to know those people who actually run those pages. And we've had conversations and it wasn't even to be like, hey, you should put them on there. It was like, nah, I'm just telling my story. And it was like, man, you know what? I don't do a good job or we don't do a good job at making sure that we are catering to all of our audience. And a majority now of America are considered overweight, which is is neither here or there. I'm not worried about like what it is. But the one thing that I want is that accommodations be made uh, for plus size people because they, they've done it in the they've done it in the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. Well, they've done it uh, very well in the fashion industry. And so I would like that to be the same for the travel industry. 
It's dope. And it's it's definitely, like you said, it's representation, it's visibility, but also the fact that a platform as important as this to so many people is uh-huh. being, you know, spearheaded, being led, being designed by a black man who also travels. That's rare, bro. Yeah, they call me the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> they call Title me. of today's session. <laughs> Jeff the unicorn. Hey, I love it. I love it. Man, and, and that's the thing, like, man, I, I even with Chubby Diaries, I also have a passion to feature or to make it very diverse and to feature other people of color because weight is not just an issue here in America, but all over the world. And so to even have like Asian uh, people who are uh, overweight, to be able to feature them on our sites as well has been just like amazing. And like people in, in the Middle Eastern country, like I really... I'm trying to to make this a global movement because it it goes past just America. Like I just want the representation out there because we are people. Like I am a person still. Right. Like there's so many other platforms that are helping people lose weight to do whatever they need to do. I'm just saying that this is not the platform for that because you can go to those ones or there's so many of those ones, but I just want to talk to the person where they're at right now. And so that's why we have this plate or this platform. I love it, man. And the energy is right, even in the few words. And I know you have, I mean, a full blog. That's chubbydiaries.com, y'all, where you have all these articles, guest writers, you have a whole bunch of content there. But you said some key words that I want to point out for everyone listening. I love that you mentioned that it's a process, that it involves psychology and the fact that it's just giving a different narrative of people living life because some of this whole instant cure thing for for weight loss is or trying to be fit or fit this aesthetic is not healthy. It's not good for people's brains on the other end. I'd rather see people live in their best lives in the state they're in today while they still have time on this earth than staying at home and feeling petrified to post a picture of themselves. Well man, you 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 hit something there. The main thing is 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 majority of it is mental in the sense of like why people haven't gone anywhere. Because the fear of, and it's the fear of isolation, it's the fear of being singled out uh, or, or being mm-hmm. embarrassed. And those are like genuine things. Like it's, those are real things that like I've dealt with, but I've, I've had to overcome it because I put myself out there. Not saying that people yeah. can't do it. They just haven't done it. And there's no representation of people to show them that, oh, you can do this. The testimonies are like insane in my DMs of just people saying, man, I never thought I could do this. I'm doing it. I'm never taking a picture of myself. Like I always take pictures of like where I'm at. And I even said, told people this a long time ago that people would not know I have went to different countries because you never saw me in the pictures. Right. I just took pictures. Wow. (laughs) I just took pictures of like the scenes or the scenery or the iconic uh, places that you can go. So. Yeah, I definitely get it. And I'd like to dive in a little bit more on that, not necessarily about the plus. Well, I do want to dive in on two things. One, I want to understand some of the differences and some of the accommodations and how to help out plus size travelers who might be listening to the show, who might just be introduced to your platform, which y'all should definitely go check out. What are some things to, to keep in mind? What are some things that they need to look for in their accommodations to make sure they're taken care of and not, you know, in a different country feeling uncomfortable? Tell me some of the differences in travel and how to uh, overcome those. Well, yeah, it goes back to what I was talking about before, about planning ahead. Okay. 
Some things, a lot of places like put their like weight limits and stuff in there. And so you can find out like what their weight limits are and can I actually fit on this? They give the dimensions. Uh, Disney World does a great job. Like activities? Yeah. Don't, don't like, mean to uh, interrupt you, no, but like totally. activities like uh, zip line, uh-huh. things like that. Yep. Different okay. excursions. Disney World or going to an amusement park. Disney World is, mm-hmm. is the pool's friendliest, uh, pool size friendliest place in the world. Uh, I don't even go okay. to Universal because I can't even really fit on any of their rides. So I don't even right. go there. But at Disney World, I fit on all their rides. And I have like fit okay. friends, like, like, like muscle fit friends that can't even fit on Universal rides because they're, they're very size discriminative. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would just say it's, it's all about planning ahead and looking at stuff, but ways that like the travel industry can help, uh, because it goes two folds with my platform is that, man, you can make a lot of money if you're the person that safely finds a way to accommodate uh, a plus size person. And we're talking about zipline, going back to the zipline thing. I'm glad you mentioned that is that man, ziplines have been used and for a lot of like tactical military things as well. Mm-hmm. These things can hold thousands of pounds and they found ways to harness things to go across, across landscapes. And these things cost are like way a thousand pounds, but the average zipline only takes 250 pounds, like person in line. Wow. Uh, so it's like, man, all you got to do is find or create like a harness that can actually just hold. You just pay a little bit more, but in a safe manner. And I, and I truly believe like, man, they would even gain more business, like more plus size people would actually want to get on those and they, they'll try them out and do mm. it. So it's like, man, it's an untapped market. People, I right. feel like businesses do adjust. And that's what, in prime example, the fashion industry $64 billion were spent on plus size clothes last year. Wow. Yeah. Some fashion lines weren't even that popular until they were like, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to reach into that untapped market. And now they're like now consider one of the top dogs now because of them being able to step out and accommodate. And so that's the same thing that I would like in the travel industry. Hey, this is an untapped market. You can come talk to me. I can give you, I can be, I will consult myself away. And try out stuff for y'all because that's the other thing I have to do. I have to put myself out there and like dare myself to do stuff that most plus size people like, "Mm, I don't know about that. I don't like that ride. That looks a little, that looks a little too like, I don't think it's going to hold me. And I have to like put myself out there too. So, Mm. wow. Things that I just, I wouldn't have considered normally in the way that I travel. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, I've never thought about that. Are there any particular countries or destinations that are more plus size friendly or different? Americans tend to be bigger yes. in general. So I know sometimes in, in Asian countries, we have trouble. Yeah. Have you noticed any of that? Or is it really way more accessible than one would think? Yeah, it, it definitely is way more accessible. I, I can definitely say that. Like I would say my favorite plus size country to go to right now that I've been to is uh, South Africa, the Republic of South Africa. Okay. I didn't know it was that many plus-size people in South Africa. Blew my mind. I was like, out of every country I've been to, those were the, I would, I don't even know how to use it, the the bigger, the the biggest people that I've met. And so that was interesting. So it was, I could go into a, a clothing store and actually buy clothes. I can't do that in Japan. They just look at you crazy. But you know what? They're not going to hurt your feelings. They're good at that. They're really good at that one. 
they'll be like, oh, welcome. Like, we can't, we didn't have nothing for you because even their sizes are smaller than our sizes. So, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> you like 2X. Like, you might be a 2X. I've seen your pictures, but it's like, man, like Japan, you're a 2X because it's just their frames are different. And so it, it, it can be more accessible. And that's what I try to teach people is that you, you'll be able to get around and, and they definitely have accommodated because the other thing is, which has made things great, uh, is because of wheelchairs. People have now made like doors wider or things wider so that wheelchairs can get through. And wheelchairs are wide. Right. Uh, so that definitely has helped in some way of creating more space. Absolutely. And I think it's through platforms like yours and others that we're all being more mindful and being more considerate when it comes to just differences. Like we're not all a monolith when it comes to travel. Right. You know, an airplane seat might not be the same amount of comfort for all people or a bus or a doorway even. And I think some of the beauty of social media is being able to see some of these narratives and find ourselves in them and say, oh, wait a second, this is always going to be top of mind for me mm-hmm. as I move forward. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that because I didn't actually see a difference until I got married and my wife's not plus size. So I was like, wait, you don't think about that? I was like, you don't think about that? Right. She's like, no. And I was like, what? And I was like, man, that, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And, and that, it really, it, it was when my cousin talked about it and I was like, oh man. I guess this does hit home. I thought everybody was thinking about like those airplane seats. Well, then again, everybody is still thinking about these airplane seats. These airplane seats keep shrinking. I don't know how, but they keep shrinking. Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. Not, not, I'm not exactly in the same situation, but nothing fits me for standard trans. My shoulders are really mm. broad. So I take a window, not because I feel good about myself or like I want to see shit outside. It's because getting rammed with a cart is terrible when you're sleeping on an eight hour flight. Yeah. Shit ain't cool. I bruise, you know? No, I'm kidding. I don't bruise. I don't bruise. Tough man show. <laughs> no, I, I, I take the window. I take the window for that reason. I always say for me personally, I prefer the window seat because out of anything, like I only have to worry about one side and that's the middle seat or the person I'm sitting mm. next to. I don't have to worry about two sides right. because if you're in the aisle, you got to worry about the aisle, which I get hit by all the time when I'm in the aisle. And then right. you got to worry about the middle guy or the person in the middle seat. So that's why I prefer the window seat. I only have to worry about one side of my body being uncomfortable. Set yourself up for success, man. Come that's on. that's, that's gems right there, bro. That's it. I love it, dude. One thing I do want to talk about, because I, I do have a few more questions. I know we're getting late on time, long on time, but... And I'll shorten my answers. <laughs> with, no, 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 no. Because your, your answers are beautiful, man. They're, they're definitely on point. But one thing that, I, that I've become aware of, uh, I was a... D1 athlete, physicality, how people look like. My weight was tied to my performance. So I've had struggles and still have difficulties with body image and things like that. I feel like you have some value to to share because you mentioned that you've been willing to put yourself out there. And there's some things you've overcome that people deal with on all sides of the spectrum because some of this narrative about being fit and having a six pack in your pictures is, is, has been forced on us. There yes. are people who aren't plus size who feel just as bad as someone who might be plus sized or whatever the situation is because they don't feel like they meet the norm. So could you share some words or some techniques or things you've gone through to 
feel more comfortable just being you and being on a public platform? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm nowhere like even to the area that I would like to be at, but I've been learning to just do it. And shout outs to everybody that I've been traveling with since I've been on this journey. Uh, and it has been a journey. You're right. Like you just hit on so many things. Uh, one, one, let me give you the story about how when I was in Belize and the first time I ever took my shirt off, my first time ever taking my shirt off in public, like just like taking my shirt off in public, like and people could see me was in Belize. And then I told the person, hey, take a picture of me, too. Like that was a ordeal yeah. out of this world. Like it, it didn't give me confidence at first. It just made me like shrink. But it was like, I just had to keep telling myself, like, man, I just got to put myself out here. Like I have to show myself, like, this is something like I always wanted to take my shirt off, but I would just felt like I'd get picked on. And so I just started doing it. And the reason I was able to do it is because I made it not about myself. I made it about other people who feel uh, or have a lack of confidence in themselves or their body image issues that they deal with. And I was like, you know what? This is where I'm at. This is what I'm just going to do. Like, I'm just going to be who I am now, because if I don't do that, then I'm going to now I'm going to say that there's something really wrong with me and that can send me to into a spiral of other things. Mm-hmm. But I even the post that I did for that, that picture that I took. Uh, and what you even referenced earlier about the splash, I, I wrote in there that I have, I got a lot of friends. Like I'm, I'm very like communal. I love people. And so I, I have friends that are like models, actors and actress. They, they don't like their bodies and be like, Oh my God. Like yeah. you, we're all saying like, man, you're beautiful. And they'd be like, who me? Nah, not me. And like, they would almost fight you. That just made me realize to myself, like, like, this is a lose-lose situation for everybody, you know? Right. Nobody's and happy. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. So it just made me realize, like, man, bump standards. Let me just be who I am and just go from there. And I was like, man, I have to, like, just look at myself in the mirror and be like, everything that I see right now, like, bro, you just got to love it. And somebody told me that a long time ago. One of my friends was like, have you ever just looked in the mirror naked and just was like, like, just stared at yourself? And I've mentioned that to so many people and people have gotten so disgusted, not with me, but of themselves. Like, oh, no, I can't do that. Mm-mm, no, mm, uh, mm. no. People are afraid to even look at themselves in the mirror themselves. Like, they're, yeah. <laughs> like not somebody else, but themselves. I just realized, like, all we can do is encourage our own selves. Uh, and in that, that helps other people get out of whatever the industry standard is. Quote unquote standard. Yeah, quote unquote standard. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's kind of got their own equilibrium, their own standard, given their situation, their life story. But you hit on, dude, you nailed that for sure. And the one thing you also mentioned early on, and I don't know if you were hip to it, but you said when you took off your shirt and took that picture, you thought about other yeah. people. It wasn't about mm-hmm. you. And I'm a firm, firm believer that our greatest calling in life is to contribute to the lives of those that means something to us. It could be community. It could be on a global scale. It could just be, you know, your wife or whatever. But when you think about contributing to somebody else, it kind of helps push those fears away, at least long enough to snap a picture. 
Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Um, I remember a book that I read and I kind of live by it or not kind of, I live by it. Uh, he said that the day you stop stressing over the success of your business and you start stressing over the success of your customers or your clients or your, mm-hmm. your, your fans or whoever, whatever it is, is the day your business becomes successful. And I was like, whoa, yeah. that one hit me. Cause I was like, man, we're measuring the wrong things like money value and all that. If you're caught up in that, you'll never become successful. But when you're being able to serve others, uh, that's where my success is measured and being able to help and serve others. And people pay you. People and, pay you to serve. And people, people pay, pay you. you to serve them. <laughs> like they really do. They will give their money if they feel like you're serving them. It's, it's so backwards and I don't understand it, but it works. I love it. A hundred percent, man. <laughs> I just say that sometimes uh, our idea of success has been misaligned. Yes, totally. Uh, Definitely. Just like our success of, you know, the the physical form, which shifts through history. Like people, you know, check out some history books and get hip to, you know, what Jeff is talking about. Like it's sometimes it's the biggest pump fake ever. Mm. You just (laughs) contribute to (laughs) others. Enjoy yourself, man. You're going to have a good time. Dude, I love it. Thanks for being able to share. Just that gem or two alone has been, it's a, a total shift in energy, but I think, like, like you're talking about, I think it's going to add a lot of value to people because everybody struggles with this. I see it. I know it. I feel it. I've experienced it. So thank you for being able to speak to that transparently, because not only are you the proprietor, you manage and own and develop this platform, but you're also a black man who is able to be vulnerable enough to let us in on his experience. And we don't see that enough. Yeah. And I'm trying to do more of it. I promise you, it's, it's, it's a struggle. But that's one thing that I just even told myself the past two weeks. Like, buddy, you got to get way more transparent. And, uh, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm fine with it. It's tough, but I'm ready to do it. You and me both, man. It's uh, that transparency. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Let me go buy some extra full-length mirrors to walk around naked in front of just to yeah. get the right energy going. You know what I'm saying? Pro tip of the day, get naked in front of a mirror. Come on, somebody. And just look at yourself <laughs> and, and tell... Tell that curve or whatever it is that is beautiful. Like it's already beautiful. Accepted and wanted. Mm-hmm. I love it. This is we just. I think we've hit like Oprah Soul Session level right now. We we go in places, bro. I like this, brother. This has been. This is. Uh, do you drink? Yeah, I do. Okay, good. So I I I see this now that I would love to, and we have to make this happen, or it will happen. It's just going to happen. We're just going to say it now. But I would like to be somewhere in some other country and we're sitting down just having more conversations like this over uh, over some scotch or whiskey or my favorite or your favorite drink of choice. Mine is tequila. But man, I, I would love to continue these conversations. We're going to find a way to do that, man. And yes, sir. we're going to talk after we sign off. Some some things just popped off. I got some right. ideas. But uh, before we round out, man, because I want to hear about everything you got going on, I want to know what the impact of travels had for you being a black man, being a man of color from Orlando who never had to leave but saw opportunities and took them. What has travel added to your life to make you a better person? Mm. Uh, well, one, it is is added culture. Like it's, it's taught me, it's expanded my mind. Uh, it's made me less conservative and more liberal, but made me more uh, li- or less liberal, but more conservative, if that even makes sense. Mm. But it's, 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 it's taught me to love people more. It's taught me that although we have different cultures and we like raise different, we're still the same. 
uh, in a lot of ways. Right. Like your issues are the same issues that I have here, but it definitely just looks different. It's taught, it's helped my mental health. It's, 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 it's helped me, uh, be the person that I am today and having that open mind to, to just, just to go with the flow at times. Cause it's not even just, yeah, the travel, like literally travel It's not, sometimes it's not the destination that actually does something to me. It's the actual efforts of traveling. Like that is the work. Like that's where I feel like when I'm on the airplane, when I'm going through customs, when I'm catching the bus to the other country and it's a 12 hour bus ride, uh, when I'm sitting there with people from the hostel or a hotel, that's where I'm learning more because once again, it's taking me outside of my element and, um, and it's yeah. like developing me. So just the, the act of traveling, man, I don't think I ever said this before. So I'm loving this right now. I'm like, man, Jeff, this is good stuff. But I was like, <laughs> the act of traveling was what I'm so caught up on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just the physical process alone. That's, that's something, bro. And dude, you are, you're an insightful man. I choose my guest very, very well, but I'm going to tell you what, you're going to be able to play this back as often as you want once it's published. So, you know, I love it. You got your mirror, you got your, your podcast of yourself. You're going to be like, you know what? I am some dope shit. Let's go to Mars. Let's go to Chubby Diaries on Mars. Let's go. <laughs> Brother, brother, like, dude, that's still on my list. It's not Mars, but because I actually don't think it'll happen in my lifetime. But I, I truly believe that one of my life goals is to break through the Earth's atmosphere. Like, I just I, I don't mind just going above it. And that's it. That's all I got to do. And they got balloons right. that go up there right now. So and they're trying to make it into a ride. So I'm like, man, yes, uh, take me up. Beam me up, Scotty. Right. I'm right. down for that. Take me to space. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, dude, I appreciate the energy. This has definitely been a great time, a great exchange. And I know you have so much yep. more to share. So I want to know what you have popping off in your world, your projects, where can we find out more information about what you're passionate about, travel in general. Get us hip, bro. Get us hip. Two things. The two main things is our group trips that we have coming up. Uh, we have one to Bali that has been like solidified and like it's coming up in September. Uh, it's not too late to sign up. There's limited spots, uh, but we would love for you to join us on that trip. And that's September 10th through the 16th. If you're just like a person that's never done it, uh, you can go with a group and it is it's so much fun. Or you always that friend who's like always wanting to go somewhere and you can't ever get your other friends to go. Well, I'm a cool guy. You'll love me. So we will have fun. I can be your friend. Also, love it. Uh, YouTube, like I'm trying to get the YouTube going, not trying to, I'm working on my YouTube and trying to grow it. And so if you could like subscribe to my YouTube channel at Chubby Diaries, that'd be great. You could also follow us on Instagram at Chubby Diaries underscore underscore uh, and then join our Facebook groups. But the main thing, the group trips and YouTube. That's what's up, man. What kind of content are you putting up on YouTube? Is it kind of like how to? Is it day in the life? What are you doing? Uh, mo all of it. It's, it's, it's definitely hitting on multiple things. So uh, half of them will be how-tos because I feel like I need to serve more. But then mm -hmm. the other half will be day in the life. Vlogs, me being out in, uh, like when we go to Bali, like I will shoot in Bali and stuff like that. And so uh, I did cooking classes in, in Thailand that I recorded and you can see it on YouTube as well. So 
Absolutely. I've been seeing you collecting content. You're right down the street in Austin, but I see you out here with the with the camera shoots, you know, smiling real big. Uh, you smile anyway, but, you know, showing your molars, yeah. digging into this food, man. I I love it, man. I love the fact that you're putting the work in. It's definitely already leading to things and there's more greatness to come. I'm sure of it. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, man. Thank you for just spending the time, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. No problem. So that that's all we need to know about. Can we look out for, is there like rwandanwells.com? Where can we learn more about that? You can go to Facebook to the Amazi Project. It's like spelling amazing. Uh, Amazi means water in Kenya, Rwandan, the language in Rwanda. But it's, uh, it's Amazi. It's, without the, it's amazing without the N and the G. Uh, okay. So A-M-A-Z-I. I think I just spelled that right. The Mozzie Project. Uh, you can go on Facebook and join the Facebook group there. Uh, and I'll be shooting out more of that stuff. Uh, but I also just want to say uh, just to, to anybody that is listening to this, especially like any young black boys, black men, uh, man, dream big. Like I never thought I'd be able to do this stuff and like travel around the world. Uh, you have that opportunity and you can be the difference to your family. And uh, I just believe in you and I encourage you uh, and I'm here for you as well. So you can hit me up whenever. I definitely just wanted to say that real quick. Absolutely, man. This is this is that space to to put that energy out. And I know it's going to be well received. I cannot think of a better way to end this show, man. So I'm going to thank you again for spending the time here. Can't wait to to see the impact of all the work you're doing. And I can't wait to kick it with you and have you back at the point, bro. Thank you. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Safe travels. And I'll see you next time. Jeff Jenkins, everybody, founder and curator of ChubbyDiaries.com. Make sure you check them out on Instagram, also at Chubby Diaries with the two underscores. That's really important. And I wanted to highlight one of the things that Jeff said during that interview. He mentioned that people need to be sold on you. And between his charisma and personality, like who better? You can literally hear him smiling while he was speaking. And as I was editing the show, I was like, damn, this is just a cool ass dude. So thank you so much, Jeff, for the time, the energy, the value that you provided. I definitely walked away with some different ideas of myself and I might be buying some full length mirrors soon because, you know, I believe in what you're talking about. I know it works and we all kind of have challenges no matter what our state is. It doesn't have to be plus size, but this insecurity that sometimes gets revved up by social media and seeing all these ideal prototypical bodies and stuff it can mess with all of us so we could all use a little bit of healing and a reminder that you know we're doing the best we can and we're fine just the way we are that all being said i hope you enjoyed today's session if you did and you have a friend who hasn't heard of the point noir podcast do kimono jack do your boy with the kimonos a huge favor share it with somebody it doesn't have to be a man of color. It could be anybody that would be interested in this sort of content. That's how the show has been growing. And y'all have become great advocates of the show. Y'all are listening weekly, and I appreciate you greatly for that. But yeah, share it. You know, maybe we'll get this message around the world. And this was actually one of my favorite sessions. And I think it has value well beyond travel. Like I mentioned earlier in the intro, if you want to learn more about the podcasting class that's going on, it's virtual, limited to five. Just send a subject line of podcast to kimonojack at pointnoirshow.com. If you want to sponsor a man of color and get a shout out on the show, sponsorship, send that again to kimonojack at pointnoirshow.com. That all being said, I hope you all travel well with smiles on your faces. 
We're hitting the official second half of the year right now. And I can't wait so much more in store for this platform and for all of you in your travel journeys, I hope. That being said, I'm Jerry the Third, aka Kimono Jack, signing off. <laughs>